0: And I believe that once you learn how to make money, it becomes something that you're not afraid of losing. So I I feel like a lot of people have scarcity because they feel like if they lost their job or they lost their business, they would never be able to have anything else. And I'm here to say, listen, if you got that job in the first place or you built that business in the first place, that's proof in and of itself that you can do it again. So if I lost everything today, if I lost all four of my businesses, I might have a slight panic for a moment, but actually I don't think I'd really be that freaked out because I'd be like, I trust myself. I know how to make money. I can go do that again. So money has a lot to do with trusting yourself. Do you trust yourself with money?
1: Aloha, my beautiful friends on the other side of the screen. My name is Krista Rallaxmedet and I'm coming to you from beautiful San Diego, California. And I call myself New Time Coach because I believe that each one of us, we have a treasure box inside. And once we open this treasure box, we can start to manifest our dreams into this reality on our terms. And welcome to this week's episode, where in Abundance in Action episode, we have a very special guest. Brooke Hemingway from Kauai, welcome.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and aloha.
1: Aloha. And um, we got to know each other a little bit through Influencer Summit 2020 a group where you shared your story about going to influencer a year earlier. Sadly, we didn't uh, meet you in person that time, even though we were there too but your story really touched me so deeply. And I was like, oh, who is this girl? And your picture and everything, it just popped out. And I was like, um, I have to contact this girl and figure out who the heck is Brooke?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great question. Who is Brooke? Um, you know, I whenever I introduce myself, I always introduce myself as a mother first, Um because I have six beautiful children. And that is a big part of my identity. Um, They're not my entire identity. But I am a mother of six children, um, ages three through 14. I'm 42. I feel like I've lived a lot of life in my 42 years. And I've I've given a lot of life in my 42 years. And I am somebody that uh, just came from a pretty normal background, actually, Um, But through some experiences growing up and some sadness that I, that I experienced um, as a teenager, I went through a lot of my life, my adult life, even I would say half asleep. And so, you know, if you, if you ever go to my Instagram page, one of the things that I have on my bio is I help people live awake because I think so many people are sleepwalking through life, Um, sleepwalking through their dreams, sleepwalking and just going through the motions of the day. And. I was doing that until a few years ago. Um, I didn't have a bad life per se, but I don't feel like I was really, truly living. And so, over the last few years, I've gone through a big, you know, transformation in what I do, from my career to, you know, the way that I, I look at what living a full life is and what dreaming is. And um, but you know, in my heart, I am just a regular person, a mom of six kids that decided I was going to go and do something. And once I started doing one thing, I created another business. And then I created another business. And then I created another business. And the funny thing about this crystal is I always thought of myself as not being a creative person. I always said, Oh yeah, I'm not creative. I'm not confident. I am not special enough. Like I had all of these thoughts about things that I was not, And here I am, like I speak on stages, I'm talking on your podcast, I go live on social media platforms. I have all of these businesses that have required quite a bit of creativity. And so I kind of help people do that same thing and realizing, like, you know, maybe there's a lot of false beliefs inside of you and things that you think about yourself that you just keep telling yourself that actually are not true. And so I had to uncover a lot of that over the last few years to be where I'm at um, right now. So that's just a little snapshot of who I am. Yeah.
1: And I mean, you are so modest. Actually, when we go deeper into it, like you used to be uh, like ICU nurse, right?
0: Um, I, I was an ICU nurse for 10 years. I, I did okay. that for 10 years. Um, but I was in fitness And wellness as a trainer and a fitness instructor for 22 years so I did that for 22 years and then I had a period of time in the middle of that where I was an ICU nurse and I always tell people I started out my adult life and my career in health and wellness and empowering people primarily women how to take care of their physical bodies motivating them to exercise and move and and do that kind of self-care and then I worked for a period of time in sickness And that did not fill my cup. I did that for 10 years and I have great respect for the medical profession and other nurses, but it sucked the life out of me. It really didn't align with my philosophies of health and wellness and being preventive and, and doing natural things and, and self-care. And so I got out of that (laughs) before it killed me. And, And I got back into an area that was more in alignment with me, but yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been in health and wellness, and I've also been in, in the sickness end of things. And that's given me a great appreciation and respect for both physical and emotional health.
1: Yeah, that's uh, must have been quite the journey. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. And um, so now you have actually built up um, amazing um, different businesses, and you are a seven-figure earner, and you have... Um, I think you said like 20,000 people you are guiding and leading uh, throughout your different businesses. Like, um, what's your key to the logistics and time management in all of that? Like, I can only imagine plus like six kids. Are you a superwoman or what's going on?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we homeschool our kids as well. So um, my children are home all day, every day. So I I don't send them off to school and that that creates its own set of challenges. But the thing that I will say to anybody that's listening that has a lot of things on their plate, perhaps they do have children or they help care for grandchildren, is that it didn't come to me naturally in the beginning. And where I am right now is not where I was five years ago. When I first dipped my feet into entrepreneurship and I became an entrepreneur, I did not have a lot of the skills I have right now. And it honestly looked like a mess, if I'm honest, like it was just a mess. Because when I started my first business, my fifth child was seven weeks old. So I had a newborn baby that I was nursing and I had a toddler at home. And back then my other three kids were in school And I just like would literally be feeding my baby and trying to work my business and trying to make lunch at the same time. And the house would be falling apart and everything like chaos would be all around me. But it's almost like I could be in the middle of chaos and I can just be very focused very, very peaceful, very much like, well, I know there's chaos going on around me, which is going on a lot in the world right now. And so a lot of people are falling apart, but I'm like, chaos is going on around me, but I don't have to be chaos. Like I can still stay very focused on what I'm working on, where I'm going, what the task at hand is. And so literally like, that's how I got through those long days with a newborn baby, growing a business, having incredible momentum. And speed and and just outrageous growth in that business during a season in my life where most women would be resting. And, and, and I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't, like for I always encourage new mothers to rest, but the timing of things was just such that it came into my life. And I think this happens with a lot of people. We have opportunities that come into our life and we have the choice to push it away. Or to grab on and just go for it. And I was like, you know, I don't know exactly where this is going to go, but I feel really good about it. I feel like in my heart, in my soul. And I think we, we know that we can feel that when that comes to us, but we still have the choice to push it away or to grab onto it with a certain amount of uncertainty and be like, I don't know what this is going to look like. My life is probably going to get a little bit messy and uncomplicated, but I'm just going to do it because I'm going to trust that I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust that feeling I had. And so that's what I did. But it it did look messy because I had all of these household responsibilities. I had a newborn baby, my husband, um, who now does not have the same schedule, schedule. But back then he was working 80 hours a week as an ER physician. So 80 hours a week basically meant he was a visitor in our house. he would make an appearance every once in a while. And basically everything else was on me. He was just such a hard worker doing all the things to support our family and and make things happen for us so we could have this beautiful life in Hawaii and all of these babies and build our dream house and everything. And it came at a price. He was gone all the time. And so that meant I had to accept a certain amount of chaos. I had to accept a certain amount of imperfection in what i made for dinner, in what my house looked like, in what i looked like one day. Like i i just had to let some things go that were not of consequence, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so i did that and i had incredible growth and just year over year first 3 years, but it got to the point where my work was becoming an addiction and a, an escape. I was using it to buffer myself from other challenges and struggles that were showing up in my life. Um, Some of those feelings that I had shoved down inside, I was just buffering with work. And I was working way too much. And I had gotten pregnant with a six and I had given birth to a six. And it's like the crap hit the fan. (laughs) And it it was not good. I had no help those first three years in entrepreneurship. And where we lived on Kauai is very rural. So I didn't have a daycare I could send my children to. I didn't have a laundry list of people I could call on to come over and help me. I couldn't even find somebody to help clean my house. Like there were so many things that maybe if you live in a metropolitan area or around family or something, you can have assistance. I didn't have any of that. And so I was taking on more and more and more and just adding more weight to my backpack. And I had a baby, which I knew I was supposed to have, which she was an inspiration, but it was like, oh my goodness, like something has to give. And so two years ago, uh, you know, my husband and I kind of reached a breaking point where it was like, we got to figure out something else or this isn't going to work. And I knew in my heart that I was not supposed to stop being an entrepreneur. I was not supposed to stop creating. I knew there were more things that I hadn't created yet that I I needed to do. I knew that my creator had other plans for me, but I also knew that in the current state things were, there was no way I was going to be able to make that happen. And I think we see this with a lot of people that have success is they have success, but then they crash and burn and, and some of them recover and some of them don't. And I felt this deep burning in my heart to figure it out, that I had to figure it out, that I had to start asking for help and finding solutions. And so, you know, the first three years was solo, making it happen. It was a mess up early, up late, not sleeping enough. House was a bit of a mess. Sometimes it was a frozen pizza for dinner. It was like whatever we could do to make it work. And then two years ago, I uh, went through that experience and I got myself an assistant I got somebody to come in. I found a wonderful woman who's a dear friend of mine. Um, She comes three days a week and she helps me with my kids. And I just let go of some of that pride in asking for help and realized it wasn't a sign of weakness. It was a sign of strength to ask for help. And I think especially uh, you know, women, we like to take on everything and we like to put on a mask Um, and say, everything's fine. Everything's good. We're doing great. And really inside, like we we have all this anxiety and angst and we're trying to hold everything together because we don't want anybody to think that we don't have it together. And so I asked for help. I got help. I also invested in a coach. Um, My first coach two years ago, I started attending events such as Influencer and And HPX, and I joined uh, Brendan Burchard's mastermind. I started um, getting around other people um, that had gone before me that had different experiences, and it just really helped me to um, open my eyes to what I needed to do to continue to grow, but do it in a way that I could increase my happiness, my joy, my peace, um, fulfillment in my relationship. And as a parent, and also I had to go through the valley of, of learning how to not hate myself. That, that was a big part of what was going on underneath everything. And so when you ask me how I, how I did it all, that was probably a really long answer, but I like to be honest and tell people it was, it was a mess the first three years and then it got gradually got better. The, the next two years until where, you know, where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I really
1: love what you say about asking help. Um, I'm in the same boat, like um, also several businesses I've had over the years in different countries too, And I'm from Estonia, which means that our background is uh, if you didn't do it, no one was going to do it. So (laughs) you were just like pushing through. You were collapsing yourself. You had no right to say it was hard or challenging. You just had to, as you said, that mask was on. Everything's fine. Um, I manage it. And um, only now I'm learning what does it mean to delegate? And it's a challenge. Like, And I understand that if I want to grow my business, I have to delegate. I have to ask for help. I also I just started with another coach. You know, I have to learn in order to be able to grow and scale, you know, and that's such a challenge for especially for women. And it so resonates with me as well. And in one of the interviews and classes you did online, you mentioned something which also really touched me. And I would like you to maybe go a little deeper. You talked about non-negotiables. Can you talk about like what are non-negotiables for you in your life and why those things are so important? I think they're really connected to your self-care and self-love. And as women, we are actually in the midst of this chaos to discover those things and then have the courage to say that, no, this is not okay for me or I'm not going to do this and not feel bad about it. Can you um, elaborate
0: a little yeah. bit on that? Yeah, I love to talk about this, and I'll try to give a really good description of what I mean by this. So in life, I believe that there are so many things that we can do, and there are many things that we can do that are good, like there are an endless number of things that we could do that are good for other people or for ourselves or for our family, but then there are better things, things that would be a better use of our time, and then there are things that are the best So there's good, there's better, and there's best. And I feel like a lot of times, especially if you are a people pleaser, again, that tends to go a lot more often with a woman, a feminine characteristic, is that we will spend our entire lives doing good things, but not necessarily focusing on the better or the best things that will move us towards the uh, truest realization of what our potential is, because we're wasting away day after day doing a whole bunch of little things that maybe other people put these demands on us or because of shame and guilt we feel we put these demands on ourselves. or well, somebody in my family asked me to do this so I better do it because they're my family member or this person always expects me to do this. And so we go through life doing a bunch of things that aren't necessarily bad. They're fine, but they're not actually the better or the best things that will move us towards where we want to be. And so I think every single week and every single day, it's really important to decide when we talk about non-negotiables, those are like the best things that you do with your time. And so I have certain non-negotiables for my physical health. I have non-negotiables for my family and I have non-negotiables for my business. And so my non-negotiables... Yeah. Yeah. So my non-negotiables for my health is I exercise. I work out six days a week on Instagram. I call this hashtag six for six. I started this movement about a year and a half ago because even though I had spent 22 years as a fitness instructor, I was letting my physical health slip and I was letting my commitment to my physical temple, my body, Um, Go. I wasn't working out as consistently. And I was starting to notice the difference in my mindset, in my mood, in my performance. And I was like, now wait a second, Brooke. This is a non-negotiable part. This is a rule for your life. So a non-negotiable is kind of like a rule for your life. Like this is just the way it is. This is just what I do. I don't even have to think about it. There's no drama surrounding it. It's no. It's not a question of will I work out or won't I work out? It's like, no, every single day, six days a week. I decided six for six instead of seven for seven because I also used to be a horrible perfectionist. And so I didn't want to create something that was like seven days a week. So that's why it's six for six, but that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, other non-negotiables for me could include things like um, certain foods I won't eat that I know are really unhealthy for me and they affect my my wellness. You know, we don't eat things like vegetable oils in our house and, uh, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty clean eaters in our house and that's because I can notice physically a difference in the way that I feel and emotionally how I feel when I put certain things into my body. Um, other non-negotiables can include sleep. So maybe you're somebody that has an autoimmune condition and and you recognize that if you don't sleep eight to nine hours a night, you struggle. And so a non-negotiable for you needs to be no matter what I'm in bed by 10 o'clock every night and I sleep until six 30 or seven. We all need different non-negotiables in our health. That's health. Now, for my family, being a a working woman, I I work entirely from home, most of the time literally from my iPhone, which is incredible, but I need to have non-negotiables to make sure that I make time for the people that I say are most important in my life. And so a non-negotiable might be a date night with my husband every week. Now, with six kids, that can be a challenge. But when we stopped making that a priority, guess what happened? It became a problem in our marriage. And so a non-negotiable is a date night with my husband. A non-negotiable is also having that sweet time at night with my children where we read together. Um, We do pray. So we get down together and we pray. Maybe for you, it's just reading stories together, but it's this time where I do not work. I call it family hours instead of work hours, because when you're an entrepreneur, And you have multiple businesses, or you're a solopreneur, you can't necessarily be nine to five. And people that sell that, I just wanna pull their hair out. I'm like, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying to all of these women with children, and you're making them feel like they're all just horrible. Because that's how I felt. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really trying really hard to have business hours, but like, how can I do that and have all these businesses? Instead, I was like, I'm gonna have non negotiable family hours. I'm going to have times where those are sacred, precious time that I spend with my family. Or if we decide to do something special for a weekend and it's like, okay, I'm going to be off my phone. I tell my business partners, I'm not going to be available. That's a non-negotiable. You need that so that you can stay connected because when you're running a business or you're chasing after a dream or you're working really, really hard, it is so easy to get disconnected to the people that are closest to you. So that's a non-negotiable. Non-negotiables in my business, I must show up every single day. There there are specific activities that I have to do every single day. For example, I'm like I will always put content up on social media every single day. I'll always share something to uplift, educate, empower, inspire every single day even if I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter if I don't feel like it. I'm still going to do it. Like it's I have people there that I need to serve. And what I want is important, but part of who I am is that I believe that it's not just about what I want and that's not the highest reason to do what I do. So you have to, you know, when it comes to your business, you've got to have some non-negotiables that make you show up for the people that are counting on you that need you, that need your influence. Um, So non-negotiables are just a few things. I don't have a list of like 12 non-negotiables because that would be overwhelming. But I'm like, listen, what are the most important things that I absolutely need in my life on a daily and weekly basis? Those are my rules for my life, my non-negotiables.
1: That's uh, such a cool uh, overview. And uh, thank you for those examples because I think so many people can resonate and Uh, I myself recently also I've worked so much extra with my physical well-being and health and I have the similar uh, setup like six times a week I do extra workouts and we live like 200 steps from the beach so I walk on the beach all the time and also you know um, do whatever I can especially to take care of my body and my tempo as you said because if I don't then my vehicle or my temple can't also help anyone else. So, and that's right. so often, especially as entrepreneurs, we may uh, lose that connection or almost like forget that that's, you know, one of the most important uh, things to take
0: care of. And
1: that's such a... Well,
0: leader. if you think about it, I mean, this, your body is the vehicle through which you experience everything in life. Every experience, like your body goes with you everywhere you go. And if you have chronic pain or you suffer with obesity or you have an addiction to sugar or whatever it is, like that is going to affect you emotionally, energetically, spiritually. So it's not for me about a vanity thing. It's an absolute necessity because this is the only thing that I get to experience life in. So it's it's just a must, you know?
1: Yeah. It's uh, so important to remember that every day it's your gift, which helps you to experience all these amazing things. So right now um, here in California, we are kind of going a little backwards with the pandemic thing. Things are more back in the lockdown and so on. And I just recently participated in some online meditation groups and Uh, Two things which came out of there, and I think you could also support and give some perspective. One of the things was that um, there was a young man who shared, you know, I just lost a job as a musician and my second job was to be a waiter. So now this one is also gone. So I have no job. So, so many people are still in this situation or are getting into this situation now. And there are so many um, possibilities to tap into our own resources. That's like my message. Like we all have those talents. And so many times they're just so hidden because we haven't really even like pulled them out. You know, it's like a box, Pandora's box. You don't know what's there and you put your hand in and you're like, oh, my God. Like some years ago, my first trip uh, to Hawaii. I managed to um, get into a water therapy class and I myself had a water fear. And then throughout this class, I dissolved my fear and I could swim in the ocean really well. And then I, I came back to Estonia and then I met some people who said, I heard you work through your water fear. I have water fear too. Can you help me? I had no idea how to do that, but I was like, okay, I'm open. Let's like experiment, let's see. I don't even take money, but let's just see, you know. And what yeah. developed was, you know, my own water modality. And now I've helped hundreds of people to go through water fear, you know, and I do what I yeah. love. I had no idea I had that talent, you know. And I know right. I know you have also discovered so many talents, and I see that can be a huge, um, you know, uh, key to get out of this rut and, you know, poverty thinking and so on. What's your take, like those people who are coming to that like end of the tunnel, like, oh, my God, my life is over. I have no job. Like what's the first maybe two or three steps they could do to start to get out of that and like see the light in the end of the tunnel?
0: Well, I think what happens is uh, we get on autopilot in life. And so we have these jobs and we're on autopilot and we actually stop dreaming. We just stop dreaming and we lose our creativity and we just think, well, life is just about getting a good job and, you know, I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to exist. And so when something like this happens, you're left alone with yourself. And that can be very difficult if you haven't had time alone with yourself to think and to dream and to, um, you know, examine your thoughts about yourself. I think the first thing that you have to realize is that you are enough And that you have special life experiences and gifts and talents and things that maybe have been buried for a long time, or that you have covered up with words that have been spoken to you or over you, or, um, you know, you you just, I think a lot of people live in this constant state of thinking they're not enough. They're not creative enough. They're not smart enough. They're not ingenuitive enough. They're not popular enough. They're not whatever enough. And so when they lose their traditional job, it's like they've lost their entire identity. And I would say that is not your identity. You're you being even being a musician or being a waiter. That's not your identity. So the first step is just to realize you're going to be okay. You're enough. There are things about you that are unique that only you have gone through that will create for you an opportunity. The second thing is you need to go back throughout your life and think about what were the things that I loved doing when I felt most alive and excited about life and the future, when I felt most awake, or when I'm doing this thing, I feel like I'm in the zone. I'm I'm so happy. Like think about experiences or, or things that you've thought about doing in the past, but you've never done. I know this is incredibly, incredibly challenging for so many people because that is the reality in Hawaii. That's, that was the reality too. Like is pretty much everybody was unemployed because tourism is 90, 90% of the economy. And so when Hawaii shut down, that's what happened. And I thought, wow, what an incredible opportunity for you to dream and for you to start acquiring skills to work towards that dream because you have the time. And a lot of people are blessed to be able to get some assistance during this time or there's other jobs they can pick up and whatnot so that they don't, they don't fall through the cracks or maybe they have like a, a worship community or something that's helping to support them or family or whatever. But this could be a time for you to up-level your skills, to take a course, to uh, take a, do a program, get a certification to dive into something new, to dive into something that you can do virtually. There are so many options. And so I would challenge you to dream and be curious. Start looking online. What else could I do? What else could I do so that when something like this happens again? Because it will in our lifetime. And I say that not from a place of fear. It's just that Challenges, struggles, hard things in any nation, in any country, anywhere, they will always come back. And so let this be a reminder to you and a lesson to you to prepare yourself to have other skills that you own and to be creative and look for other ways to start businesses and add value to the world, whether it's through something you do on social media or something you do in e-commerce or something you do in your community. You have so many options. So you've just kind of, you just kind of dig in there and start dreaming and acquiring some skills. And here's the thing is it will feel like you're walking with a blindfold on because you'll be like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if this is going to come in handy. I'm not sure if I'm going to even be able to use this skill. Maybe it's not marketable. Maybe I'm, I don't know, but it feels good. And it feels in alignment and it really feels like me. It's going to take a lot of faith to start to do something different, but you have to hold on to and remember the inspiration that you have. So that third, third thing is like, you know, you're going to get inspiration. You're going to get downloads. You're going to get, um, vibrations, whatever you call it of what you're, you're supposed to do. And you're going to definitely feel like you're crazy along the way, (laughs) or you'll wonder if this is actually going to work out, but just hang on to that feeling you had always remember Remember is one of my favorite words because so often we feel really inspired. And so we go down a path and the minute that it doesn't seem to be turning out the way that we wanted it to, or it gets a little bit hard, or it's not all butterflies and rainbows, we're like, peace out, I'm out of here. And I just want to encourage you to remember if you were led down a path, it was for a reason. But I think that a lot of people right now, like I said, going back to the beginning are struggling with self-worth with confidence, depression, anxiety, all of those things wrapped into one. And the first thing that I just want anybody listening to this to know is that even though I don't know you, I know you have infinite worth. I know you have infinite gifts and talents and skills. And like Crystal says, you just have to start digging in the box and uncovering them and finding them. And one of the most beautiful things that came out of this going back to point two that came out of COVID is that there are so many courses. There are so many virtual learning experiences. Like now, right now more than ever. Yeah. It's so much easier to learn the thing that you want to learn. Wow. What an opportunity, you know? Yeah.
1: Especially yeah. Right, right now, it feels like we are um, offered on a plate like at universities. Hey, here is your time. Reinvent yourself. Nourish your talents, and one of the first thing things you can do is actually to start to experience and take action. I feel so many times my own clients they come and say, "Crystal, I have this idea. What do you think? Um, should I go for it, or uh, should I, you know, uh, prepare it, like make it more perfect?" And I always say, if you feel it's resonating, if you feel people would be, you know, needing it, and and it's something like a really awesome, like package really well and so on don't like wait like until it becomes perfect just start to do it um, and then step by step you will get the experience you will get the feedback and then you will you will make it better but to start from that moment where you think like it has to be perfect and then I will launch it or do it or change or reinvent myself then this moment will never come (laughs) so um, (laughs) that courage you know which you also said you know You were just, you know, stay home mom and you had your business and other things going on, but that, you know, um, breakthrough going into like, wow, I have those other talents I can also put into use and what the joy when you do it,
0: right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of joy when you start to almost become like a child in that, you know, getting that childlike innocence, um, returning to that. And children, like they love themselves, they believe in themselves, they're willing to try a lot of things. And so, we need to be a little bit more like children. Maybe it helps that I have six of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it keeps me grounded, it keeps me remembering, like, oh, it's okay if I fall flat on my face. Like, I am definitely an example of taking action, Uh, even when things are not completely done. Like, when I went to Influencer last October, um, I had done a mastermind event in August that was just incredible. I gathered together 85 women, top earners in in the industry that I work in. And it was an incredible experience, like fun, dancing, tears. I brought in coaches. We did a lot of transformational work on their belief in themselves and their abilities and how they could harness um, the power that was really within them to become What they wanted to or create what they wanted to in their business. So I did it in August. It was amazing. And it was also a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And I am an introvert by nature. So introverts refuel being by themselves. Okay. So I spent five days with 85 women and I was like, I think I'm going to (laughs) die. I need to just go into a cocoon. I need to just go into a cocoon, but I couldn't because I have. This other business where I have twenty thousand people that I that I help lead and guide, and so I couldn't totally disappear. So I was playing small a little bit because I had this feeling that I needed to do another event, and I knew that more people needed the message of alignment. So so my other my other business is called Align for Success, and we do conferences and and trainings, and um, I've just done that one mastermind, but. I went to influencer in October and I remember Can you listening to
1: this tell tell that story because that was really cool what you shared in the influencer group like how that happened because that was yeah. also like really amazing.
0: Yes, yeah, so as an influencer um we were listening to the speakers and um and it was it was actually Rachel Hollis she was speaking and she said show up for her. She said that, just that line, show up for her. And she could have been saying like, show up for her, like show up for yourself. But when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I got to show up for these people because more people need this. I know what happened in August. It needs to happen on a bigger scale. And so that was like October 5th or something. I don't know. I, I had my my amazing assistant who I would call more of like a creative partner, but she's my assistant. And I, I had her come with me. It's like, Jerry, come with me that she said that. And that night I was like, Jerry, we need to do an event in January. It was October. And I was like, we need to find a hotel in Palm Springs. And back then, I mean, people were traveling and everything was booked up in Palm Springs, except for one hotel. They had one conference room left. And I was like, great, we'll take it. I booked the conference room. I paid the money. I didn't have any speakers lined up yet. Didn't have any solid marketing plan. I was just like, if we if we build it, they will come. And so I had space for about 300 people. We sold out. We had 300 people come in January just from that inspiration show up for her. And so I really believe, like I said, you have so many opportunities right now to attend various courses uh, trainings, you know, influencer summit that was free this year, like so many things. And when you put yourself in a room with people that have positive desires for good, that want to move forward, difference makers, you're, you have the opportunity to be inspired. That's what happened to me that day. And I didn't just leave it at that. As one of my friends, um, Tiffany Peterson, she's an incredible coach. She calls it hopium. A lot of people leave an event with hopium but they don't take action. And so I heard that. And I was like, before I even have time to talk myself out of it and think of all the reasons why I shouldn't do it and come up with all the fears, I need to put the money down. So I put the money down and it got me into massive action. The only way I've ever been able to cripple my massive fears, because I have a lot of them and you will never fully get rid of them is through taking action. And I believe so deeply in First of all, becoming aware of what's holding you back, then taking action, and when you do that, you then have alignment. And so, um, so that's what happened. And uh, and uh, same thing happened this year. Oh my goodness! Okay, so this is a funny story. Can I tell a story? Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. So my, my assistant was new to hotel contracts and room blocks. And so when we we reserved this place that we did our conference at January, 2020, we made a mistake in a contract and we signed a contract with another hotel and we forgot about it until shortly before the event. And I was going to be out (laughs) $14,000 and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Pivot, pivot shift, pivot. Okay. How can I pivot? And so I got the hotel to rewrite a contract to let me host my next event in January of 2021 in Palm Springs. So, all right. Awesome. We're good. Okay. Then COVID happens. And I'm like, well, there's no way in the state of California, they're going to let me have 400 people because it was going to be slightly larger this year. And of course that's what happened. So I couldn't host the event. The hotel extended my contract, thankfully, but then I was at a crossroads. I was at a crossroads of, am I off the hook? Do I just bail? Do I not do it? I attended a couple of events this fall. One of them was influencer, but some other things as well. Had similar inspiration. No, you need to show up and you need to do it. And so we shift to virtual. But you guys, the point is like all of this stuff is scary, Anything unknown is scary. Anything you've never done. And a lot of you are in such a place of, of the unknown right now. And you're you're feeling paralyzed. And I would just say, get up in the morning, put your pants on, get yourself dressed, get yourself together and get to work. Just stay start doing something because as you start working and as you start the creative process, you'll have one idea that will lead to another. You'll have a conversation with one person that'll lead to another conversation that'll connect you to another network. And it's like the doors will open because you're showing up and you're taking action. So. Yeah. That's really
1: amazing to go along with those changes and adjust. It's like um, me and my husband, we are sailors and we love the terminology of tack, you know, you're going towards your destination and then you see like, wow, there is a storm coming or wind is shifting and you have to tack. You you sometimes may need to do like a 90 degree, you know, turn and then it may even lead you first a little more away from your target, but you need to do those things so that you can still keep going to the direction which you have set or chosen. So it's uh, really necessary um ability right now to adapt and also adjust uh, to situations and things and then find the new solutions like you did with your event like how amazing is
0: that yeah yeah and and it's so important to just keep perspective is that you know the challenge you're going through today in your business or in your personal life it's not going to be like that forever it might be incredibly painful or hard or challenging right now, but nothing like that lasts forever. And life really is 50-50. It's 50% like absolutely amazing, riding high, super fun, things are going great. And then it's 50% like in the mud and in the muck and, and hard. And and when you realize that you're not supposed to be totally happy all the time, and everything's not supposed to be totally amazing all the time, you then realize that you're okay. It's like, I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. I didn't necessarily bring this upon myself. Like, life is just hard sometimes. But it's not going to be hard forever. This is just a season.
1: Yeah, it's so true. So um, can you say um, maybe also a couple of tips for people who are really struggling um with their money situation so you have had so many lessons so many experiences how to build up your finances into the state where you now live in your dream house and you are debt free and I think so many people they just read it and they're like wow this is a nice dream it never it will never happen to me because it seems like uh, Kilimanjaro like so far away And maybe there are just like a couple of free steps they can start with, which really enormously helped you um, in, um, in connection with the money. What would you say?
0: Well, I think if that's a statement you're saying right off the bat, we have to change that right away. So the words that we speak, we give power to. If something is leaving your lips, you're giving life to it. And so you have to be very judicious with the words that you speak out loud to others and to yourself. If you're always talking about how you don't have enough money, enough time, enough of a house, enough whatever, that's what you're going to create because that becomes your reality. Now, I'm not telling you to be delusional and to say, I'm a millionaire. I'm like, no, but it it has to start with stopping those. Things that that are not true from leaving your mouth, because what you're experiencing right now is just a, a particular circumstance. It's a circumstance, but the circumstance can change. But if you take yourself unchanged into a new circumstance, you will create that same cir- circumstance again. So it won't matter if you make fifty thousand more dollars. You will still think it's not enough. You will still think you're poor. You will still be unhappy. And so you have to start by first changing the words that come out of your mouth. And everything originates as a thought that becomes a feeling that becomes an action. And so we really do have to change our thoughts surrounding money and start using affirmations or affirmations and and start saying more empowering things to ourselves. I have everything inside of me. I need to create wealth. I have all of the skills and abilities I need to create this course that will give my family freedom, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you've got to give yourself those empowering words. Um, And then I think you have to get creative. I think that there are a lot of different things that people can do now to make money. And my eyes have really been open to that. Now, I chose a path that traditionally is not super popular. Like my first business and a business that I still make seven figures in is network marketing. And a lot of people look at that, and this is not a plug for my network marketing. Like if you know somebody that's incredibly successful in a company that you love, you should go and talk to them because I took a path that others would maybe make fun of or think that's not a real business. But I love the Tony Robbins quote where he says, look at where the masses go, are going and then turn and go the other way. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not doing what the masses are doing. The masses are getting a traditional job, nine to five with benefits and a 401k and everything. And I'm social selling. I'm social selling on the internet. And I went a non-traditional way because that was a way that I could do it from my home. I could do it from my phone. I could do it while I had kids. I could do it at my own leisure. That's one option. There's coaching. That's another option, but there are so many different options that are available to you. You have to broaden your view of ways that you can make money and find something that you're passionate about because if you're just looking for the same traditional thing and it's going to give you the same traditional pay like year in and year out and you're always going to be in that same situation five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now you're not going to have a different result. If you want a different result, you have to do something different. And it may not be the thing that's popular. It may not be the thing that everybody in your circle, your family, your friends, your your social circle, they may not think that that's what you should do. You should just keep being a teacher or you should just keep having that, that office job or whatever it is you do, because that's just what we do. And so I want to challenge you to just, look outside of the norm and broaden your view of what's available if you have visions and dreams of more for your life. So you got to fix your mind first, and then you got to look at all these other creative ways to become an entrepreneurship or to become an entrepreneur. Now, for me, network marketing is something I love, and it's something I do really well at. And I've aligned myself with a product that I love and that I actually use. But what that also did is it opened the door. For additional opportunities. And so don't just stop with one thing. Maybe you create one thing, or you go into one type of business. What else could you create from that? What else could be a spinoff? I found that I loved to empower women and I loved to have meaningful conversations with them. And I loved to coach them. And so I was like, I could have a coaching community. I'm going to have a subscription coaching community. And so it branched into that and then it branched into a line for success. I started doing events. The first one was 85, then, you know, 300. This one will be over a thousand. And then I branched into finding a business partner. Who do you know in your life? If you're dreaming of something bigger and you want to expand your income, is there somebody you could partner with that has other skills that you don't have? They could be your yin to the yin to your yang, right? Like there, there's somebody that has skills that you don't have. That if you got together and you partnered, you could create an amazing business. I did that with one of my business partners this year, and we created almost a million dollar business this year. Partnering up on something. She's a completely different personality than I am, and we have different strengths, but it works. And so the here's the thing that I believe about money is that money is simply a tool. It's simply a tool. I'm not more special than somebody else because I have more of it. I've just learned to respect money and I've learned to respect my value. I've learned to respect my time. I've invested a lot of time and energy into acquiring knowledge and skills and, and uh, to, to get better at my craft. And then I have learned different ways to take that knowledge and those skills and that craft and transition it into other businesses. And I believe that once you learn how to make money, it becomes something that you're not afraid of losing. So I I feel like a lot of people have scarcity because they feel like if they lost their job or they lost their business, they would never be able to have anything else. And I'm here to say, listen, if you got that job in the first place, or you built that business in the first place, that's proof in and of itself that you can do it again. So if I lost everything today, if I lost all four of my businesses, I might have a slight panic for a moment, but actually, I don't think I'd really be that freaked out because I'd be like, I trust myself. I know how to make money. I can go do that again. So money has a lot to do with trusting yourself. Do you trust yourself with money? Are you a good steward of your money? When you you get money, do you use it wisely? Do you use it well? Do you invest it back in yourself? Invest it back in your business? Invest it in those that you love? Invest it in self-care? If you're a terrible steward of your money, do not expect to get more of it. Right? (laughs) I so
1: agree. It's so true. And um, all of the things you brought out, um, it's so crucial. Um, I remember a friend I lived a little bit with in London, and uh, he had some major money struggles. And then he reached out to me and said, like, can you help me? And then we went through his whole life. You know, the first thing we started with was his table, because it was like um, It was like almost like piles of piles of paper, which you could like turn into mountains, you know, hardly somewhere there was a computer keyboard, you know. And in between those papers were checks and money. And I said, if I would be your money, I wouldn't like to come to you because you don't show any respect to me. And then the first thing he did was to just buy a box, a beautiful golden box where to put those, you know, slips or checks or money in cash and so on, and um, he did also some other, you know, um, organizing the house because the house was a mess. So, money also, as you say, you are the steward of the money, so it's it's actually liking the structure and order. So he organized even like you know bookshelves and and life a little differently and so on. There was more order. And there were a couple of other tips I gave him. And then what happened the next week, he made exactly the same amount what he usually did within a month. He did that with just one week and he even started to win in a lottery. <laughs>
0: so, wow! Late. yeah, late. I love that. Well, there's a great little book called Happy Money. I'm not sure if you've read that by Ken Honda.
1: Yeah, um, I've heard a podcast with him.
0: Yeah. You know, I love the beginning of that book because it talks about how money has an emotion, and some people's money is sad, and some people's money is happy, and some people's money is angry, and the feelings we have about money are often tied to you know what maybe our experience of money growing up. If we were raised in a in a family where it was very scarce and and um, there were a lot of feelings of anger or scarcity behind money, or Um, there wasn't a lot of responsibility with money. And so sometimes we have to deconstruct that and we have to like rebuild our philosophy on, on money. And, and you're right. Like, I love how you said, um, if I was your money, I wouldn't want to come to you because how can you, how can you have more abundance? How can you increase your ceiling? How can you increase your capacity? If you can't even envision yourself having more than that, number one. And number two, if you can't even take care of what you have.
1: Yeah, exactly. Good lesson.
0: Yeah, very good. So I'm also very interested about
1: your story uh, with Hawaii. So um, I'll just shortly tell my story, also a little story about Kauai, I started to go to Hawaii um, like over like 11 years ago and um, I got a really strong pull. I went uh, to Big Island first as part of the retreat. It was really amazing. We swam with wild dolphins and I did that water class and it, it was just like I didn't even realize how it changed my life. I had never experienced so much flow in my life. I had no idea what the masculine woman I was. So Hawaii started to really heal me inside out. It was like a magical fairy tale and everything started to kind of unravel. It was like a magical fairy tale in this reality, like 5D. (laughs) It was really weird. And I started to go back and then I started to do my own retreats. And it was just like one lesson after the other. I uh, also managed to see the flowing lava and um, the relationships I built and challenges I had like oh my god they they have the saying you know big island big shift happens but sometimes also big shit happens so (laughs) so it go both ways (laughs) and one of the times I was actually invited by someone I got to know in big island on the big island to Kauai and that first visit wasn't like I don't know it it didn't really click and I didn't click with the island but then I got the second invitation to Kauai, and that was amazing. And I understood one really important thing with places. I've traveled to like 30 countries, and it's like kind of, wow, <laughs> that opened up. So what happened was I was there with um really beautiful teacher, Rika Zimmerman, who did like um, a week-long class there. I uh, found someone local I could stay with. So we were in a hotel uh, doing the classes and so on. And then uh, she organized a horseback riding. So uh, on the close to the north north end of the island. And we went to um, do this horseback riding. And I was sitting on the top of the horse. And this horse was giving so much love, unconditional love, which I've never felt with any person ever. And it was like, you know, as a woman, you're sitting there also, your legs are open and it just started to come and emanate like into my whole body through my legs and through my whole being. And I just had like tears running down and I like couldn't believe it. Like, like this horse just completely connected me with kawaii, like from like some other dimension or something. And I was just so blown away. I almost couldn't like talk for the whole experience. And, um, After that, I decided that, okay, I'm going to, uh, just with my rental car, I'm going to drive to the end part of the road, which goes to the uh, beginning of the Napali Coast uh, Trail, as you know. And um, as I was starting to drive, um, it started to rain and the rains were so like heavy, thick, like, um, you know, drops I could see the rainbow inside one drop it was just something like unbelievable I was like this this can't be like true and then it's like heavy crazy rainbow came you know and I just had to stop my car and I was like in awe and then there is this little cave which you can like stop the car go in and then I, I love to sing in the cave so I was just like trying my Estonian song there and just closing my eyes, no one was there. And then, as I opened my eyes, all these like 20 people were there, like clapping because it's echoing, you know, inside. And it was just like, wow. And then I walked through um, there, you guys have that very special hula initiation place there. Um, and I walked there and I just connected with Kauai as I've never connected before. And I was like, wow, what a magical island. So uh, it was just like mind blowing. And it, till this day, like even just talking the story, I feel like, you know, goosebumps all over my body. So what's your story and connection with Hawaii?
0: Well, um, you know, my, I have a, a dear aunt that has been on Oahu for about 60 years. When she was 18, she left Oregon and she went to Hawaii and she ended up marrying a local boy. And so my aunt lived there for, has, is still there. She's, she's almost 80 and, um, and she raised her daughters there. And so we always had this connection. And so we would go over, it would be our gift when we were a senior in high school that Christmas or that summer to be able to be sent to stay with our, our auntie, our auntie Sharon, our auntie Puna, we call her Puna. Um, and so we, we would get to go and do that. and, I went the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. And um, when I was going into my junior year of high school, my parents got divorced. It was a really hard time in my life. It was just, you know, to be a teenager and go through that. If anybody here listening has gone through that. And really there was a lot of turmoil in the house from the time I was about 11 or 12 until they got divorced. And so Um, that next summer, I just I wanted to just get out of Wisconsin at the time we were living in Wisconsin and I went for the entire summer and I I stayed in Hawaii and it was amazing. And I came back and I I finished high school in Wisconsin and it was a hard year. Again, it was just really hard. And I just wanted to get out of there as fast as I could. And so I was this girl coming from this tiny small town in Wisconsin that nobody leaves. I mean, everybody for the most part that's from there stays there. They get married. They live there. Nothing wrong with that. They're great people. But for me, like I was like, I need to get out of here. I have some healing to do. I have some, some heart to heal. And so I went to Hawaii when I had just graduated from high school and lived there for a couple of years That's where I met my husband. But to me, Hawaii was a healing place. It was a place where I just, um, I'm very grounded in nature Um, So whether it's in the mountains, because we have a home in the mountains, you know, up, up near Park City, just like up, not in Park City, because that's a little bit bougie for me. But we're like, we're out in the mountains. And whether it's winter or summer here, I go outside when I just need to be grounded and feel peace. Same thing in Hawaii. And when I went to Hawaii and we drove through that Lake Lake Tunnel the first time and you see that beautiful view and it was just like I could breathe. And I was able to just do a lot of healing there. And so Hawaii has always had a special place in my heart. And we, all of our babies were born there and all of our babies have been raised there. And and now we're really a a bi, I shouldn't say bi-coastal, but we spend half of our year there and half of our year in the mountains. So we are either in the glorious creations of the mountains or a few minutes from the ocean. And it really is the best of both worlds. It's been still continues to be very healing to my soul, because I think some of those those wounds that you feel and life will always give you new wounds and new cuts. uh, Those need to be worked through. And I prefer to work through them in healthy ways. And nature does that for me. So that's my connection to Hawaii. It started out with my aunt, met my husband there. We've been married 22 years and uh, all of our children have been born there. And it's been an incredible blessing to have that connection to the island. Yeah. And one
1: thing I learned when we we moved actually to the big island with my husband just a couple of years ago, we lived there for a couple of years. And one thing I really learned there was of course, first what Aloha actually means in action. And secondly, also community and cooperation Um, as coming from Estonia I grew up in Soviet Estonia, which meant that, you know, everyone was very, like, um, not very trusting and uh, everything was like, oh, I don't know, like, who, who to trust. So we have been like, um, our whole culture is so wounded because of that. And I became the member of the canoe club and sitting in every seat on the canoe, outrigger canoe. Oh, my God, you learn so much about yourself. You learn about, like, uh, you know, uh, teamwork. And I said, like, oh, my God, all the Estonians should learn (laughs) this. Or, I mean, anyone, because cooperation is such a thing. Like, oh, my God. And um, became a member of the hula group. You know, we had such an amazing hula kumo who was telling us, you know, traditions and legends. And um, it was like a cultural class, too, not only dancing, but really experiencing Hawaii from inside out. So um, what's your experience with like um, cooperation and and aloha in Hawaii? Can you share a couple of um, thoughts about that?
0: Well, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that living there has taught me and having so many years in Hawaii is that that type of a feeling and that type of a spirit actually translates really well into being successful in business. And successful in relationships, you know. I work in primarily, you know most most of the people that work with me are women, and women sometimes do not cooperate that well yeah. <laughs> with one another. I know. Sometimes women are the worst. Yeah, sometimes they're the worst with one another. Unfortunately, we are our own worst enemies. I believe in in many many ways. We don't need other people to bring us down. We do a bang up job doing it ourselves amongst each other. And the spirit of aloha, which is the spirit of love a spirit of acceptance, the spirit of welcoming, that type of a spirit and energy is really fantastic to bring into business. Um, It helps to create loyalty. It helps to create community. It helps to create a bond amongst people. And you can bring that into any business. I've been able to bring that into my business to where we have incredible loyalty. We have an incredible bond. We love each other. We know each other in life and in business. And for me, business is not just about business. If business is not personal, I don't want to be a part of it because I, and that I feel like Aloha has, has taught me that, um, that people long for connection And and we are more alike than we are different always, always, no matter what religion or race or age or anything, any of those things is that we all have the same desires. We, we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We want to have the chance to be successful and take care of our families. And we want to be validated and, you know, we all have these same needs. And I think that aloha when it is practiced in its essence is just that is it always practiced that way no but for the people that have true aloha which is what you experienced that is what you experienced was acceptance love community friendship generosity openness that's aloha to me
1: yeah and world would definitely need more aloha nowadays (laughs) for sure yes yeah yes so to um, start to wrap it up really nicely I have one more question because I'm always so amazed when I meet people who have been married for a very long time and you were married to your like sweetheart for such a long time Uh, could you share with us like what are maybe a couple of free uh, tips um, the keys how you can make it work because in your downloadable sheets, I also saw one which was, you know, about relationships, and it was like, "Oh my God, this is so spot on. Everyone should know that, you know, or or practice that. So what are those um, <laughs> core key things, how you make it work? And um, especially you both now, um you have changed your work schedules, but you had some rough patches to go through as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, we really I love to talk about marriage and relationships. And I always preface it with saying, listen, I don't have a perfect marriage. I don't have a perfect relationship. Things haven't always been where they are right now. But I want to bring it back around to that concept that I shared earlier: is that life is 50-50 and so are relationships. And there will be beautiful times and joyful times and, and times when you are just flying high in your relationship and you're like, oh my gosh, we're so connected. And like those, those amazing, like ah, those, mm-hmm. those kind of times and then there are times that are really really shitty. Like <laughs> there's just times where you're like I can't stand the way you smell, I don't like the way you chew, I don't like the way you talk. You're really bothering me. Like there there it's there that's just that's a part of it. That is part and parcel what relationships are. It's what your family members are. But my spouse like I just know that those times when we feel really connected, those times when we remember why we're together, those times when we are seeing eye to eye, that's the real us. That's the real us. But life happens and things happen and people get sick and people lose jobs and, and external stresses happen and, and these other things happen. And sometimes we lose sight of who we really are. And so we have to go back to that word, remember, and we have to remember who we really are. And so through some of our worst times, one of the best things, characteristics of my husband is humility. Is You know, even if I have been just totally not nice, you know, at times he will leave me a voice message or write me a note and just say things like, I know we're better together. I know we can make it through. I know that things have been hard. Like I know. And so sometimes maybe that's your role. Sometimes it's their role. It's not always 50-50. Sometimes there's one person that's like, man, they are pulling 100% and this other person is just struggling. I've gone through periods of time in our marriage where I have been severely depressed. I went through a year of postpartum depression and and he he just carried me through it. And so I I think for me, the best advice on relationships is simply like, The advice that my husband gave to my youngest brother when he got married and he said, Jeremy, you just have to be patient. You have to be committed and you just have to love unconditionally. Patience in knowing that even if you're walking through a hard season, at least if this person loves you and they're not abusive you know, because that's a whole nother thing. I don't believe in any kind of abuse as being okay. I believe that we were created to have joy. And there are some relationships you should walk away from. But, um, but if you have patience, that hard time will not last forever. And I think it is the most beautiful thing to see people who have walked through serious crap and they have come out the other side and it is just... To me, there is nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more sacred than somebody who has walked through all of that and had patience and been committed. And they've come through as this like beautiful, solid unit. And that's what I want to be like. I want to be a beacon of hope for that as somebody that we have mutual respect for each other. That's essential. My husband has never tried to hold me back. I've never tried to hold him back as uncomfortable as it has been, as much as I, I didn't want to have to have him work so much or didn't want to, you know, live here or live there as much as maybe he had to like put up with the shift and the change of me being now the primary breadwinner and me working all these different businesses. He never clipped my wings and I never clipped his because I respect and understand that he is an individual And if I am going to clip his wings, I've already lost him. And if he's going to clip mine, he's already lost me. And so allow your your partner, this person that you love to to be who they are and celebrate the things that they're creating and and celebrate, you know, maybe they, they were a stay at home mom and now they have a career or maybe your husband is feeling a pull to shift to a different career because He's dead inside working at this job and and he really wants to go this direction. Does it really hurt you to let him go that way? You know, allow them allow people room to change and grow. As long as you're still committed and moving in the same direction, how you get there doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. So, I just think a lot of people just I think just a lot of people don't they just don't stick with it. They don't dig in. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but it's the it's the most beautiful thing I have ever created in my life. And there's nothing that could ever replace it. So it's worth investing. And it's been a lot of long, hard conversations. And oh, the last tip I will say is invest in time away. Invest in time away. You need time where you are out of the house, Away from the kids if you have kids, away from the dogs if you have dogs, away from your work computer, your workstation, go away for the weekend, go away for a week, go away for a night. Even when we were super poor, med student like students in San Diego, I went to SDSU, he went to UCSD medical school. Even when we were super poor, we would go to Idlewild and spend forty dollars at this really janky bed and breakfast, and we'd stay overnight because we're like, we got to get away, we got to stay connected, and we do that at least three times a year. At least three times a year, we go and do something, and that helps us be children, and it helps us like play and just have fun and just forget about the cares of the world and and connect. And I'd say even if you do not have a lot of money right now, it's much less expensive to stay married than it is to get divorced <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like spend the money invest in your relationship get away find some teeth if you have to or go camping
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh,
0: such you an know. amazing
1: um amazing amount of tips to um, put into use and i so agree um I found my now being husband uh, from actually from a Mexican fishing village. And I, at that point, had been looking for my Mr. Right for 14 years. I had traveled to 30 countries and then I realized I can't find him when I'm chasing him. So I just quit looking. I was like ready to stay alone for the rest of my life. I don't care. I will just do my work. Uh, It fulfills me. That's fine. And then one month later, he shows up completely broken, coming out of his, you know, divorce and like 20 something years uh, relationship, not looking, I'm totally broken because I was going through something really bad. So we like these two wounded, you know, animals coming together, like, oh, my God, you look so cute. Oh, my God, you're such a yummy <laughs> person. <laughs> and, and sometimes we look back, it's like, oh, my God, universe had, a a divine you know timing to get us together and you know um, we became each other's support system to get through this really difficult time getting to know each other and even though it didn't seem perfect at the time now we understand that was the best timing and the best way to build the foundation to our relationship and now you know we got married in Hawaii and we have been married for many years So um I love that
0: I see the same in my husband and I because we both come from uh divorced families. Our our parents were both divorced when we were teenagers. We both had quite a bit of baggage and healing. And I think that we met each other and I was not looking, I was like the girl that was gonna have a career, I was not gonna get married young. I got married very young. He was gonna go to med school, he wasn't gonna get married young. We met, we fell in love very quickly, we got married very quickly. And I know that we have truly helped one another to heal. And we see each other for who we really are. And that sounds like you and your husband. So whenever you feel super frustrated, just try to see them for who they really are. Even if they're acting poorly or they're saying something that's hurtful. Is that really who they are or are they just hurting right now? yeah
1: that compassion goes a long way like compassion towards the others and also to yourself which I believe right now many people are also struggling we are too hard on ourselves so like even in that situation where I was like okay I give up like there is no man for me on this planet and then I just bump into this amazing gentleman like complete king I had never met even a man of that kind you know I, I just with all of my drama and background I attracted always such troublesome relationships and as a healer too my attractor was like I found a wounded man and then I, I'll heal them and that's my like mission and then I realized oh my god that's my pattern like I have to like fix this you know <laughs> and then when we got together I knew like okay you're wounded but I'm not doing it unless you ask me and I'm not like responsible for your healing. I can be here, but I—I yep. I, this is not my mission. Like you will be fixed or not, it's not my responsibility. So, yeah. So, and yeah. And we continuously now we are very aware of that, but also we are helping and supporting each other. As you were saying, you know, sometimes one yeah. is up and the other is down, and and then we can pounce off each other and you know, um, also like remind, you know. Yeah positive mindset we we have to pull through and we also we have um one day at the week where we take half of the day just for ourselves and no work no Mm -hmm. nothing we have to feel each other even if it's just watching a movie or just walking or whatever yeah it's it's investment so very important
0: so important so important well i've loved talking to you this has been so fun
1: Thank you so much. It's like uh, such a yummy, yummy sauce we have co-created here. So um we are going to put together really a really beautiful uh, gift from you. You have some free downloadables. We put the link there. And also you have this amazing event coming up. Can you say a couple of words and we'll put the special yeah. link into that page as well. What is this event about? Um When is it? Uh, what do they need to do to uh,
0: sign up? And you can just whichever ones serve you, whichever ones um, fit into your life and would be helpful. Just go ahead and download those some different hacks and organization things that I've had to do to to manage six kids and four businesses and a marriage and keep myself healthy and all of those things. Um, But I created a line specifically like we've talked about. To help bring together incredible mentors, coaches, speakers, successful business people, and, and not just people that are successful, but I really look at the character of people. So when I think about who I want to bring to my events to speak, I want them to be successful and have those tools but I want them to also be a model of somebody that I feel like is authentic, that is authentically happy, authentically fulfilled, authentically healthy. Not somebody that's just super successful, but their life is really out of balance. And so I've brought together incredible people: um, Trent Shelton, Amberly Lago, Chad Hymas, Tiffany Peterson, Samantha Harris, Clint Pulver, myself—like all of these incredible people that have walked through really hard things in life. Um, but they've they've come out to a place of um, joy, of incredible success. And the theme of Align this January is resilience. And I think that we need resiliency and alignment now more than ever. So many people are struggling with, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I bounce back after this year? I've let my health fall apart. I've let my marriage fall apart. I've let my finances fall apart. I, I, I have lost hope you know and and so this is going to be an event to give you the tools from people that have walked through those places but also to help you leave energized invigorated Full of hope, full of life and excitement for 2021, because I really believe we should be so excited about the opportunities out there and we should be so filled with hope. And I understand through my experience when you hear me speak at this, you're going to hear about my times in the pit and my times at the peak and everything in between and how I've come to where I am today, as well as learning from these speakers. And so it's a three day virtual retreat event. I call it a virtual retreat event. Because it's not just simply tuning into Zoom. We also have yoga, um, energy release, meditation. So we have additional offerings in the portal that you can partake of if you want to. We have healthy, sustainable food recipes. If you want to be really eating well that week and just Have your energy tuned up and and move your body and get in touch with your the health side of you so that you can be an open vessel to learn and receive from these experts in business and mindset and thought work. And so we're creating this experience. It's January 14th, 15th, and 16th, and it is all virtual. Um, And if you do, if that if that speaks to you, that's something that you want to participate in, anybody is welcome to register. And that's also on my website, brook-hemingway.com. But what I will have is just a discount code that um, you can use to register for this. And you can use discount code Crystal2021. So any of your listeners that can just be, it's your name, Crystal2021, they can enter that in and it'll take $20 off of their registration.
1: Very cool. And um, thank you so much. That has been uh, such an honor that you had the time to share your beautiful, uh, uh, amazing stories and uh, insights with us. And uh, all the best uh, luck for all of your um, projects and uh, dreams to continue to flourish and all of the energy and aloha to you and your amazing uh, family. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too, Crystal. Thank you so much. Aloha. And uh, for all of our viewers, just a reminder, please uh, keep uh, uh, sharing, liking, and also uh, writing us comments and review about this podcast as um, this is the way to support it and also multiply the good yummy sauce, which we co-created together. All the best and lots of aloha. Mahalo. (music) you <music>